Growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. Man, y'all, uh, y'all got me intimidated today. Uh, bringing to the table a group of wise men. Bruno Garcia, uh, fellow plant manager, still a plant manager. Federico Perez, plant manager, um, director of operations. Um, Sean Fernando, former boss of mine, director of operations. Um, and Sean Davies, a mentor for, for a lot of us, um, on here today. So no memories today. I always do a memory section. I'm not going to do that. Um, going to cover a few themes. One is new beginnings. Two, um, maybe a few manufacturing pro tips. Uh, and then three, adding value. So this podcast is about those new beginnings, uh, picking the brain of like-minded manufacturing servant leaders and professionals. Um, and to go where I don't know, right? Because that's what this whole thing's about is like learning perspective, learning experience and, and kind of soaking that up. So um, on the theme of keep pedaling, you know, it's something we used to throw around in the workplace. Just keep pedaling, just keep pushing, uh, keep working, keep grinding. What keeps you guys now in your current professions, just like the past in production and manufacturing? Bruno, you go first. You're the one that speak better. Yeah. You want me to start? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, look, I think I think I said in a couple couple months back, um, no industry has gone through as much significant challenge and, and change as art has in the last call it four or five years. And, you know, as we as we adapt to what our customers need, you know, manufacturing has to be on the forefront of all that. So, so I would just say, you know, the, the thing that keeps me peddling is that I've been very fortunate, whether it was automobiles or beverages or consumer products that we use for grilling and cooking, I've been really fortunate that I've been, I've been at the forefront there to where we provide those services and, and products for, for customers all around all around the Americas and all around the globe. So I would just simply say like, you know, our, our call to action over the last couple of years has never been greater. As people go from the workplace to home and to home to the workplace, they have felt our impact all throughout the supply chain. So that to me gets me out of bed every day. And quite frankly, you know, Freddie to coin your term keeps me peddling. So. Thank you. Nice. I I was trying to figure out where that whole thing came from. Keep pedaling came from Freddie. Yeah, that came from me. There I was. All right. It was me. It was me. So so, and and I was trying to kind of get to get you know put the the, the phrase together with the with your question and, and 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 I have a thought about when you you when you text us about the questions that you're going to ask us and 
in the U.S. Because what what does heat metal pedaling for you means? Uh, uh, my, my answer uh, pro probably was if if I had to answer it in just one question, in just one phrase, I'm sorry, or one word was was going to be uh, resilience, no? And 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 a little and, and and the thing came a little bit more 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 bigger than just the word resilience. Is 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 more more the kind of the joy of 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 being of, of the process of getting there. Um I think that the fresh came out one one of those nights that we were, you know, uh trying to fix issues in the plan that we used to run together. And um and, and, and we had a lot of those big nights and and at the end of the day it was me with with Sean trying to kind of enjoy a moment that didn't mean a lot of joy, no? It was, like, it was more like, you know, we're in a difficult situation when we will have fun while we were uh, trying to, to fix big issues, no? So, so keep it all in, and what it gives me manufacturing is, is the joy of that, no? It's the joy of, of fixing big issues and, 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 you know, find positive where there is not a lot of positive sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense. Awesome. No, that's great. Um, we had a, a, a joiner. Gilberto, good to see you. Good Thanks for you. jumping in. I was, we were just talking about like, hey, what keeps you in manufacturing? What, you know, what keeps you charged in, in what you're doing? So that's that's where we're at right now. So thank you for the invite. Thank you for I'm honored to be among you guys. So Admir, I'll go next. So for me, it's I think everything that you all said, it's also about striving for excellence. I think no matter what we do, we all want to get better. And it's on the personal side, it's on the professional side. Uh, it's also about balance. Well, by improving processes, we're developing ourselves, we're developing people. And there's a lot of joy when you keep peddling and you're around folks that are getting better at doing better. And I think if you look at all of us here, uh, we all do something different. I would say we're doing better. And I think all those experiences when we pedal, uh, help us learn, make us wiser. Uh, I think there are more, I can break into some of those pieces with some of your next questions. But for me, uh, it's more about learning and that journey. Awesome. Yeah. I would uh, second that notion. Yeah, I guess I was around when I think the the term was coined keep pedaling. You know, Freddie brought it to the table whether whether it started in, in our previous plan or not, but I actually remember the context, Freddie, where <laughs> uh, I think it really started around line 11 where we had bottle issues and we uh -huh. had this 20 million dollar investment and it wasn't running well and 
and we all had a boss that knew how to pressurize the vessel <laughs> and, and, right. and we were we were getting prepared for a visit because we weren't performing so well and and man leading up to that and just knowing the conversation that's coming and the early mornings late nights quite frankly brute force and ignorance trying to make this thing perform new technology there isn't a playbook we're learning as we go using the the skills and and knowledge we have and and it was hey just keep pedaling we, we know what's coming take it and and move on and learn from it and it, you know one of the things they taught me is feedback is a gift and there's many times you're going to get feedback and you don't like it or you don't like how it's delivered but if you really focus on it and listen to what they're saying, not how they deliver it, how they say it, and be quick to process it and then come back and provide your answers, your feedback, your thoughts, be because you got two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. And, and at least for me, when I was younger, man, I, I quick to, hey, you know, let's go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, whatever this is. And you don't learn anything from that. Like, hey. Take take the feedback, process it, and then come back to the table. And that's been valuable for me in my career. But the the concept of keep pedaling, like especially in manufacturing, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have highs, you're gonna have bad days, you're gonna have lows. And the the process doesn't always look like progress. And if you believe you're doing the right things and you keep working at it with your team to develop the muscle, you'll see success. And knowing everybody on this team, they've helped me with success along the way, and, and I'd like to think I've helped them. I uh, I wrote down another question in the <laughs> middle of this one, and it was uh, how does working in you know that fast-paced environment shape your decision-making process? You know, it's like a decision has to be made, even when you don't have like the 100%. Was there a you know, for the group, doesn't have to be everybody, but was there like a thing that popped out to you during your career that like, because of that environment, I'm now making my decisions differently or was there anything like that for you guys? Let me go. I think uh, when I came into battling, I thought, and I knew I had a sense of urgency, but when you're battling, at 750 bottles a minute and canning at 1500 a minute, the sense of urgency you had was not even on the scale. It just makes you move a little faster. Uh, because coming from automotive where I think Bruno and I can probably attack time of 15 or 16 seconds. Now you think that's fast, but 1500 cans a minute, that's a whole lot faster. So you got to make some decisions pretty quick. And I really think it molds you uh, to a certain extent. It kind of breaks you and remakes you. Uh, that experience that I had, and, uh, you know, just as much as Ken knew how to pressurize the vessel, in that plant, Sean knew how to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> now, in a good way, though, you know, it was it was never a bad situation. Even in a bad situation, it was never a chewing. It was about, okay, let's go solve the problem. And I think we went and solved problems very respectfully, and we were happy to do it. 
and uh, a long day as much as we hated it we knew it had to be done and uh, we also knew it would be appreciated so going back to your original question tony i kind of digress a little uh the sense of urgency it just increased a whole lot more in bottling and it is helping me it has helped me beyond that going to where i went next and to where i'm now and i think now i'm learning that Sometimes I have to go slow to go fast. No doubt. What, what is your experience, Tony? I mean, I mean, uh, uh, um, you coming from, you know, the military and then going to the bottling industry, how, how did that feel for you? Um, you know, there's a bit of a learning curve. I think it was more terminology, machinery, the technical. I think when it came to decision making, it was very similar, but the whole building the bank, building the toolbox of the decision-making criteria had changed. Um, so from making decisions, I think, <clears throat> I, and I talked to a lot of people on this about transition from the military into what they're doing today. And the concepts are the same. It's just learning the lingo, learning the technology, learning the, you know, what what the floor says, what the boots on the ground talk about, I think is the key for transitioners. Um, so I'm a 70% now guy, you know. <laughs> uh, I had, remember Ron Hicks, one of my first mechanics there? He, uh, he called me U-turn. And, um, as I've grown over the past, you know, five or six years, I think it's okay to take a U-turn. It's not okay to take a high cost U-turn. The one you got to think about, the one you got to sleep on. It's the, the low cost U-turns. Just take a stab at it, you know, do it now. Um, so, but I think, I think it was, you go back to that question. Look, I, I always took the approach of, you know, thinking about football, practice hard so the games are easy, like that every day trying to develop your folks to you build that trust and and then have them make a decision. And, and the guardrails are your decision is, is it going to create a safety issue or a quality issue? And if it's not, then make a decision. We, we win or we learn. But what you don't want is I did nothing because I didn't know what to do. Like, just make a decision. And, and in the bottling world, for those who never worked in that environment, every day we got to talk about what we did every second, every minute, every hour of every day. That's the level we measured. So when you think about your own careers or what you're doing now, have you ever worked in an environment of every second of every minute, somebody knew what you did or didn't do, and did you meet standard? In, in some people that come into to our environment, they thrived in it. But there was a lot of people that really struggled because that's that's hard to grasp, right? That's some sometimes really hard for people that, hey, batting 300 in baseball, you're an all-star. Batting 300 in manufacturing, <laughs> you're horrible. Yeah, I think that Sean Fernando hit it the right way in terms of re you, you need to rewire yourself. No, and the thing that happened to me twice, I mean, I had to rewire myself first running a manufacturing site in, in Mexico. And then when I 
had the opportunity to come here, uh, that Sean helped me to come here uh, and and do it but again, but in a different language. <laughs> Man, it's, 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 I remember the first call that I got at 3 a.m. from a mechanic of Line 8 uh, Saturday night and, and couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying. So I ended up saying, "Man, I'm going that way." And yeah, brought myself to the plan, and you know, worth it. No, I think, it, I think it's something? great. I want to mm-hmm. I want to touch real quick on what Sean was saying because I think in my current state, that's kind of the um, kind of the learning that I'm sharing about moving to a more urgent pace of of operations. So when I think back to the original question. You know, I think urgency was in there, right, Tony? Like, as far as you know, how do we get minute? How does by it shape minute? your decision making? Yeah, yeah, and, and and your and your decision making, and and it's really interesting because, you know, in the environment I'm in right now, it's like we we I put up we have like call it, there's five lines that really have some prioritization around them where we got to we have to just quite simply get better. And, and it's across two metrics, right? It's, you know, if you think about service and you think about efficiency at, at the basic levels, like, you know, we were also taught that safety and quality were non-negotiables, right? Like we, we automatically assume that we are working on the right things that we've earned the right to talk about service and efficiency. Like if we're still bringing safe work environments and right first time to the, to the table, then we need to go back and have a whole other conversation. So it's about like getting into the part about service and attainment. And then, you know, if you think about, call it five lines, like as we think about what we did in our time in cold, let's say we targeted five lines and we said, we're gonna measure how well they perform uh, in service and how how well they perform in efficiency and so there's 10 metrics there to Sean's point and, and Freddie, you followed up. It's like, if you got three out of 10 metrics across five lines, right? You know, five by two, think about a five by two metric. If you got three of 10, right in baseball, like Sean said, you'd be a hall of famer in manufacturing. You have a lot of problems if you're only finding 30%, <laughs> right? Like, that's the part about like the clarity on the critical few there's five lines out of call it 30 and we're going to go make good change on these lines and like the kinds of conversations that have to happen and the amount of transparency and like wow we really messed up has to come out from that environment to sean's point some people are very wired to it and other people are not like, I thought that, that was something that resonated with me. Go ahead, Freddie. No, there's, there's the other dimension that is time, no? Like, exactly. one minute, 1,500 can didn't make it. We're not made. So, two minutes, 3,000. Oh, no, you're exactly and then, right. And then, so, so, yeah, no, in, this, in, in three minutes in automotive, it's mm-hmm. three trucks didn't get, met, get mm-hmm. built. But in the in the beverage industry or or the food and beverage industry, it's... 1500 of something didn't get built, you know, uh, 800 of something didn't get built. The numbers are very yeah. big. Yeah. And yeah. In, the, in the automotive industry, if you got 9,000 folks at a Ford plant walk yeah. out and go on strike, then yeah, 
What does that matter? But right. guys, on the flip side, you, you got an issue and you don't make a decision. Fifteen hundred just got made and you got a quality issue. Three thousand just made and you got a quality issue. And it can be something simple as the can coder's not running. And before you know what to do, you got a whole day's worth of rework in about five minutes. Sean's talking about line eight, by the way, Freddie. All I can think of the same. <laughs> Too funny. I'm I'm like, monster. I would yes. love to hear. I would love to hear Gilberto's take in all this conversation so far. What you got, man? Are you on the uh, I twenty uh, Beltway there in Chicago? He's working. Or what? He's working second shift tonight. Yeah. I guess my two cents here. I think we all have the power of Then we have this time to do either the experience or how well we could just make personally sometimes I guess it's on the making the right decision, but now it's background noise there tony sean fernando is it, me, is it me again yeah i'll cut this part out hold on a second 21 30 21 40. Bruno is Sorry. Off. all right we'll keep going Bruno is <laughs> off. i don't know what's going on with him next question um so most of us are are new to new companies right new beginnings one of the themes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Gibraltar, you're in a new beginning too. So, um, what's the same? What's new? What's the future of manufacturing of wherever you're headed for you? Don't all go at once. I'll, I'll go. Look, I'm probably when you think about the manufacturing side, and I'm I'm kind of once removed from manufacturing in, at a plant level, but running running large operation. And I would tell you, like different industry, the culture, the environment, even the people can be different. But you're still using the same tools because every one of us on this call, we're good at something and we're good at solving problems. And in any any environment you're in, look, you get hired because there's problems and there's opportunities. And it's some of these same skill sets of how do you understand what's happening? 
the idea of go to Gemba, talk to the actual people, go to the actual place, look at the actual situation, and develop a, a strategy on on hey, twice the good and half the bad, whatever it is. And and what I've learned in in manufacturing in my first twenty two years at that previous role, you still use that skill set and 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 it works almost anywhere. Now, do I enjoy not catching fifteen hundred cans a minute? Yeah, sure, I do. But but there's a lot of other problems and they're different, but the tools are the same. Good stuff. Anybody else? You know, what's same new future? There's problems. There's people that help you to solve the problems. That's the same thing. I mean, it's just, just, it's always, it's always people. And, and, and as Sean said, I mean, I mean, the, the, the toolkit that we do, all of us have is, is there for us to help us. And, and, and having a process to, to solve problems, help you to, to get on top of everything. And at the end of the day, if you are surrounded for, from the right leadership that supports whatever decisions you're making, that's the key of success for you to, to keep being success, successful. Boom. So like I, I, echo, I echo Sean and Freddie. The same is the opportunity, excuse me, the fact that there's opportunity to go solve problems. I think everyone hires us because we have that capability to go solve problems. The difference is how you take that opportunity, how you structure it. I think every single environment we are all in, uh, the structures are a little bit different. And as part of solving your problem, you have to change some of those structures to go after and solve it. And the skill sets around you are just not the same. Uh, I think uh, we were all blessed to be able to work together with the skill sets that we have. And I think when we work together and looking back, uh, I think there might have been times where we didn't appreciate the horsepower that we had in one room on one call. When you go to different industries and you're around some folks that don't have that experience, don't have that knowledge, uh, sometimes don't even have the same drive you have. Uh, you have to structure yourself different to get them on board and uh, to go win the battle. For me, that's that's the difference. And the future, to me, is all about staying humble. How, what do you learn from it? And how do you keep getting better? And how do you share some of the skills that you have to make others better? Then your job just becomes easier. You know, I was looking for a new job lately, and I, uh, a guy named Bakari Fuquels, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, Tell me my flaws. Tell me the, what I need to chill out on, what I need to fix before I go into this new role. And uh, one of the things he said was like, sometimes just kind of slow it down for some normal people. Right? So lucky to be amongst that group of that powerhouse, that horsepower, he said. But yeah, definitely got to pump the brakes and... Uh, definitely slow down is, is good. I mean, I'm, I had the opportunity also to, to slow down a little bit, maybe a little bit more than I would expect, but, but that, I mean, that's okay. And, and you learn from it. I mean, you, you get into this dynamic that mentally you are always 100% and like 110%. And, uh, and sometimes that doesn't help you to think right. So, so slowing down is not, 
by adults. I, I want to throw something out there and then, you know, I'll turn it to you, Bruno, because this, this has something to do with you. You know, one thing also that's transparent when you go to a, another role, there, there is absolutely nothing more important than source hiring, developing talent and, and how to be an exporter of it. And you guys know who our mentor was that, that drilled that into us in a good way. But I mentioned that because Bruno was one of my HR partners early in the burn in Irving. And, and I got to tell you before, like Freddie showed up or Sean showed up or even Tony showed up, we, and we were paying rock bottom wages and we would just recycle. Okay. That person's out. Who else is looking for a job? And when we started putting talent into the business, you just saw that operation accelerate and, and, you know, it, Bruno and, and Ken were a big part of that. And having folks on your team that you've built relationships with that's willing to go to bat for you and and have some of those back office conversations or corporate-led conversations to help, like, look, we got to think differently and let's do something different. And, hey, let's go try something different because, you know, doing the same thing over and over isn't going to give you different results. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, a great point, and it's come up time and time again as far as um, how do you look and respect people more than the role? You know, like that that's that's the part that was really um, instrumental in in some of the transformation. And I think Sean, you know, Fernando, you you talked about like how lucky were we to get amassed the type of people that we did to to talk about the things that we did it was it was a great time like i always talk you know to the to that to to ken about like wow what a case study this would have all been you know like the the work we did the people that we brought together um the the accomplishments we made and, and it was all like like you say sean davies like it's about you know how do we how do we build the right organization and how do we go about it the right way and it's like folks that you know fit runway lean leadership i think we were all coached that same way but we really we really looked at it that way and and so you know and i would say how lucky were we freddie to have you and irving at that time uh, uh, uh you know where you're going through so much change but you've been somewhere that we wanted to go and how did we, you know, really value your expertise. And then, you know, Sean Fernando, the, the addition there, um, learning, learning bottling, which is different than automotive. I thought that was great. And then, you know, Tony from, from the outside piece, that military piece that we were trying to build always you know we were always trying to junior military officers can come into tough situations and and add value um tony haber was a case study in that and then gilberto same thing on the miami side like how do we get really good at at specific tactical things and now now gilberto is running one of the biggest operations in in um uh, in the portfolio. So like, it, it was just like, like, you know, that was the time when, when, when Sean Fernando says, how lucky were we? Yeah, we were really, really lucky to figure all that out, 
you know, together. And then I would say, lastly, it would be, you know, going back to you, Sean, Sean Davies, it's like, you know, the, someone to put it all together and, um, you know, define what good looks like. How, how do you progress in an organization? How do you, you are a subject matter expert from warehouse operations, driving a forklift in Aspers all the way to running, running multiple sites. Like how did you bring all that together for people that were, you know, coming in at the same time you were, it was new coaching. It was new, new direction, but you were the, like the pinnacle to us of, you know, adopting this new way of, of working and it really paid dividends at the biggest, at the biggest soda site. And so the last thing I would say is that I, I said in an earlier conversation, I want to say it again. It was like, I got to learn from Sean Davies passively. I was a business partner, uh, you know, had an HR manager supporting his site. But as, as my time with Dr. Pepper went on and I became more operational uh, to leverage the lean side, you know, Sean was there, you know, Davies was there every step of the way and, and always, you know, worked with me on the things that I needed to learn. And we always had a really good mature relationship together. And so that, that was really cool. And, and I think, you know, Davies, you're more of a catalyst than you probably give yourself credit for, but you know, it needs to be said, I think we're all here today. Um, you know, based on some influence of your leadership and, and, and you're really, really respected. So I wanted to make sure that that was crystal clear from my vantage point. Thank you. Man, I, hey, I, I appreciate it, right? Just seeing the team and, and knowing higher developed influence. And, you know, to Bruno's point, like there was there was an opportunity when you think about two things we hit on. When we started to, to turn around this operation, we thought differently and we started to hire talent with runway. They mm -hmm. didn't have to be manufactured. They didn't have to be bottling talent, hiring talent with, with runway and, and look at some of these folks on the call. Look at you guys. And, and, and a few of you already mentioned, I didn't come from bottling manufacturing and, and where it really helped me, Bruno, it's a two way street. Yeah. I was not a lean practitioner. I, I didn't know that stuff. Like it was right. And call it a plant rat. What's going on in the plant? I can tell you how to fix it, what we need to do, when to stop, when to go, right? But but learning some of those tools were some of the things I was missing in, in my leadership and development. And when I had an opportunity to to lead Bruno, right, we quickly developed. I think it was first day. Hey, look, let's just get this off the table. I'm yeah. not going to ask you to coach you about lean because there's no value there. But here's yeah. what I will teach you. And it became a two-way street and here you're teaching me and 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 you would put some documents together Bruno, it was no secret i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna figure out how to delete some of this stuff and use this for my plant right like how am i gonna recreate this Thanks. right and yeah you know i i don't need to start from scratch let me take something i've, I've already learned that works and replicate it and that that relationship worked great and you know i remember when you when you left miami i'm like man how do we make this place run even better? But, but yeah. you laid the foundation and when Ivan came in, it just kept going. Right. And that's a sign of, of developing the muscle kept going. I mean, we took Gilberto out of there as well. And I'm like, yeah, my God, I, I hope I like Miami cause I'm going to spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a, 
that's great commentary. Mm-hmm. It, it, and we went through our own shared challenges. You know, I think I, I had a, a newfound respect for you, Sean. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it general. Um, but it was so interesting when we, you know, I got to Miami, was there for a couple months, you know, new RO system. Um, I even mentioned like I learned more about RO than I, uh, than I cared to, to learn, but I still, I still understand the concepts of it. And it was really cool. Like when, you know, the way you handled coming into Miami, um, when we were dealing with some things and there was some carryover and like the person that was responsible for that actually got into a, a more expanded role, uh, running network stuff. And then, so you and I were there and then, you know, that person that got more expanded role came in and started asking like, this is still a problem. And I remember like the part that, that I really enjoyed with you was you were like, man, did that person hit their head or something? Like, how did they, how did they forget? Like what, what was going on? And I was like, you know what? That's a, that's a great question. And, and I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked it because I would have probably from my HR side before I would have really come down on it, but it was like, it was good where we worked on a solution. And then, um, you know, I did, I didn't get to see it through, but you were all over it. Like you were able to get into a situation. And I would say that that is, that is synonymous with everybody on this call is, is the part that I'm talking about with Sean emulates. I would say that every one of us that are friends on this call are able to do. We come into a situation. Uh, it's not so great. Uh, but immediately from the time we put our boots on the ground, we own it and we fix it, you know, and we don't really spend a lot of time celebrating that we fix something that someone else couldn't. We just get after the problem. We, we understand what needs to be done and, and we fixed it. And that was a part that, you know, I would say I, I still use today is, is I come into a, any kind of environment that, that's got a history. It's like, doesn't matter what the history is. Tell me the current state. Tell me what the gap is. Tell me what we need to do to fix it. And we're going to work together to fix it. And the way you engaged all stakeholders, the way that you got the subject matter experts at the table, whether it was engineering with like, how did this design get in this place? That's not ideal. Like you held everyone in a very professional way accountable for why we wound up the way we were. And it was a very systematic and logical approach. And I think your time in Irving really, really honed that skill on you that, that gives you that ability to do that now on a, on a much larger scale. But, but I think all of us are in that kind of same situation. So I thought it was a really great story to share about, like, you didn't do a lot of blame fixing. You just said, okay, got it. We'll fix it. Let's get going. And I respected you helping me through that at that time, Sean. Yeah. Playing offense, right? Welcome. Yeah. Appropriate. Playing the win. Playing the win. Yeah. But also having the capacity or the capability to build those relationships so you can, you know, enjoy that, you know, as as Bruno said, that that fixing or not blaming, but fixing the problem, but having the the opportunity to actually just talk and just move on and just do things and and, and just fix things, no, And, and, and having joy while doing it. Because there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of things going on. There's always somebody who having different opinions. There's always that do not, not a lot. And 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 as you said that you you know you had somebody asking the same question that you know that 
where where the problem was and 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 not being able to to give support we we didn't have that i mean we just just talk about it find you know identify the problems when you identify the problem you are 50 percent there and then it's all about just making a decision prove it works good if not work it doesn't work then try another thing and then just keep pedaling you know? finding joy of fixing whatever situation we were in yeah awesome we'll keep moving what you got no, I just said keep peddling. I thought keep that was peddling. uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Freddie's well, think about your definition of that in a one in a one sentence line, because that's gonna be a question. Um we're about forty minutes in. The goal is an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. So uh got a few more questions left. On lessons learned, we're all different. All of us. We came from different backgrounds, different areas, different industries. Um how have you matured over time? Uh, maybe a mindset mindset shift or two throughout your career over the past five years. And I'll, I'll I'll kick it off, guys. Like, especially young in my career, and the old idea of making mountain out of molehills—that was me, right? Like, little things just became huge problems if you will and the idea of chasing shiny bells like and and as i got older or more mature in my career surrounded myself with talent it was like look except you're gonna have bad days you're gonna have good days make make sure your your peaks are long and your valleys are short and looking at it over time are we getting better or worse or, or about the same um it, and then it then the other side of that is Focus on strategy. You got a team. You got a team that's on the front line. They're dealing with the day to day, right? And and quite frankly, they can't see the forest through the trees because they got their heads down. You know, how many cases do I need to make today? How do I service the customer? What's my quality? What's my safety? Where somebody has to be able to take a step back and focus on strategy. Yeah, we might lose today. We might lose tomorrow. My job is to make sure the team's in a position, has the right tools to not lose next month or not lose next year and and where are we going and make sure the team all understands the true north of where we're headed. Otherwise you end up in this environment. It is groundhog day and eventually people burn out and, and you lose people over time. You lose really good people. That, that's my biggest takeaway, Tony. Yeah. And, and, and I'm in agreement with, with Sean that the, for me, there is there's another thing that is feedback, no? And feedback can comes from anybody, no? So, I mean, you, you're used to have feedback from your boss, but when you realize that feedback can come from the operator, then you learn more, no? And and, and yeah. being able to kind of change whatever I'll never forget. Change. One of my first couple of weeks in the, you know, Irving facility, there's a guy named Al on a filler. And yeah. uh, he was telling me about this one thing that he saw that was different. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 And like a month later, I was like, this is a problem. I need to go look at this. And what he said that week one, week two was the problem. Right. So hundred percent, Fred. Yeah. I, 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 you made me remember one when week two for me and Irving, I remember that, uh, we had the mechanic of line six, uh, and I was checking one of the, you know, the, 
rappers that we had there, Jones Machine, and, and with what with him, and, and he shared with me that the the mega the, the mezzanine of that infit of that uh, machine was sitting in a block of wood. And I, well, you know, what? And he he shared with me that you know that whoever was helping me to make decision before told him that 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 was a very expensive part to replace, and we didn't have budget for it. And my mind was like, what? We did, how much is the part that we're missing? No, it's like $100. And I mean, I mean, we, we made a lot of things based on that comment, but at the end of the day, it's, you, know, you know, feedback puts you, puts you like a lot of information in front of you that, that helps you to, to, to actually change things. You know? Yeah. Operators know. Mm -hmm. They hear it every day. If it, if it sounds different, then something's yep. going on. Gilberto, any feedback? No, definitely. So, maturity, correct? Um, so, it's not only the timing, I mean, or the timing line around how many years we've been pretty much practicing or learning on this, correct? I think it's the quality of the learning uh, that is going to give you that maturity that we were looking for, correct? I think I heard Sean mentioning not kind of uh, getting crazy with small things. I think that's a portion of it. Uh, got some got some good stories for for most of you guys mentoring me about how deal with situations that for me in that time was kind of a okay. The plan is going down, and you were saying no, or just just do what you know. What what will you do basically? And I pretty much explained to you, well, I will do this, this, and that. I will pretty much move these people around and change flavors, change packaging, whatever it takes. Uh, and that's exactly what it is, correct? The maturity means like how we're going to uh, let the people learn from our experience and, and try to make better decisions that we did in some point, correct? I think that's, uh, that's my takeaway about how mature are we in the in the process i recall uh when i you know get up get out out of my comfort zone in the manufacturing side through bruno saying hey uh manager position but it's in the warehouse i think it's a really good opportunity you know nothing about warehouses it's something important and i say well why not correct so i moved there and like like a month later or two months later bruno moved out of miami and show came to miami and a, a week after his first visit, there was one truck loose. I mean, we, we was missing in Miami. I called Sean, say, Sean, Sean, we have one truck that nobody knows where it is. And Sean say, okay, what's the problem with that? Well, it's a full truck of product, Sean. They say, okay, just call me a week later and let's see if, I don't know, maybe, maybe it could appear. Well, I spent kind of a week uh literally calling you know suppliers carriers uh security guards it was mess and you know the experience it's exactly like that you know those things that we know that eventually because experience because knowing the processes in some point and i recall he's telling me just focus on the execution for the warehousing and yeah just keep an eye on that trailer that we're looking for do the right things, contact the right person, 
and eventually just appear, correct? In one specific lot in Miami area, I just appear and they get it back. And well, it was, I think that's part of the journey of how we are gaining the maturity in, in the, in the, during the process, correct? Learning and then how we could just translate that to the next generation of employees that are growing and we're kind of calibrating them that they can effectively step up and take them the next role, correct? I think, uh, um, that, that will be my thing, my, my two cents there, guys. I thought, I thought that was a great example, Gilberto. And I think it tied back to what Freddie and, and Sean said from, a from the maturity standpoint, I, I have to echo what Sean, <laughs> Freddie, uh, Bruno and Gilberto said, but my maturity came on actually a very specific day. Uh, it's for me, it's more professional, personal, and spiritual. Leaving Dr. Pepper, then going and having an organization of 1600, picking up a location that was number 43 out of 43, and then bringing it up to like number 21, 22. And then end of 2021, I was sitting in hospice with my dad about to pass. And then I was wondering, okay, professionally, I'm balancing the strategic, the tactical, but I'm failing miserably personally. And I have to make some changes uh, for my family and for my spiritual life. And for me, that's when the maturity came in. I was praying about it. And that's when uh, kind of in a God kind of worked in mysterious ways. Sean reached out uh, and uh, it just changed my outlook and my path and for me maturity is not just on the professional side i think it, it's in it's a it's a professional it's the physical it's the spiritual and it's the personal and having the time to focus on some of those uh and getting that time now that is allowing me to uh see things a little bit different than i did in the past and obviously i appreciate sean for that opportunity and uh, I appreciate all of y'all for being a part of that journey, because for me, that's where the maturity comes from in all in all those aspects, not just one. Yeah, I I think back to what you're talking about with me personally. I, th I think back to a episode I did with a guy named Keetrick Buffin, and he talks about the seasons of life, because there's seasons where you got to be all in on one of those areas, but the whole balance thing shifts all the time. Like you got to dive in on this side of the balance. You got to dive in on the other side of the balance and the seasons, I think, um, you know, while you're always trying to always be in that center line of balance, knowing when to shift it at the right time, you know, timing's everything, I think is a, a big important piece of that for sure. And there's a lot of maturity to that, right? So. Cool. I'm going to keep rolling. Uh, Gilberto, you missed the intros, but this is my Gilberto intro note that, that we missed was uh, Gilberto, he was a uh, supporting element number one for me back in 2019. So I just had to drop that. So um, for all you guys, what would you have done differently in your last transition job to job 
for me, I, I didn't have a plan B. I was so in love and so focused on my journey with the previous company I used to work with that uh, I was just, you know, keep pedaling, but didn't have a plan B. So as uh, Sean mentioned about the strategy, I didn't have a personal strategy. Uh, uh, it took me a while to, to build that plan B and, and working towards it, but uh, that's what I would do different. I didn't have a plan B, a professional plan B. Awesome. Kind of the same boat, Freddie. So I feel you. Yeah. I, look, when Tony, when you asked that question, like I didn't go first because I'm like, that's very thought provoking. And, and listening to Freddie, it's like, yeah, I mean, I was kind of the same boat. Like, man, I was, I was all in, right? There, I didn't need a plan B because there wasn't one. And, yeah, and I same think, here. same here, exactly. Same yeah, you know, when you, when you have loyal employees and they never think about a plan B, there's only plan A when you're all in, you know, it ties to what Sean said. Like you get so consumed in, in the job at hand and developing people and surrounding yourself with, with people you want to be around. And, and when I look at this group here, like, Absolutely, people want to be around. There was a lot of people that dread going to work. Man, I remember many times Monday morning, like I can't wait to get to work because you know I'm gonna get to work with some very talented people. But but then on the other side, like not having a plan B at first was like, okay, what do I do now? But I think the reason I never had a plan B was outside of I didn't need one. You always wonder, hey, this is the only thing you've done. Are you marketable? Would would somebody want you on the team? And it quickly found out, couldn't have been further from the truth. Like, wow, there's a lot of people that want to talk to you. And, and, and now it's almost like dating. But, hey, they're all lined up. I get to pick one. I'm not waiting for somebody to pick me, right? And and when you're so focused on on growing your career and growing a, a team full of talent, you don't stop and think about things like that. And, and it's given me an opportunity. And, and quite frankly, it's, you know, he, heard you guys say a lot of humbling things about me, but it's given me a lot of confidence to say, you know what? I bring a ton to the table. And if I've ever in that position again, it's not, it's not scary. It's, Somebody's going to want your talents because of what you bring to the table. So never really thought about a plan B, but learned a lot when I needed one. Yeah, the, uh, the whole, that whole thing, <sighs> plan B starts becoming an option when you don't work with a crew like that. You know what I mean? Or you don't work with a leadership team that thinks like that, that works the same way, that has the same mindset. That's yeah. engagement. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right? you're right. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly right. So and for me, it was... Go ahead, Sean. For me, it was different, Tony. I had a plan A. Uh, transitioning out of my previous role, uh, I think uh, Sean gave me the opportunity to kind of do it on my own terms. Uh, I got to take some time off from my previous role to this role just to focus on my family for about five to six weeks before my start date just to kind of sharpen the saw, to refresh, uh, to do some things. So uh, 
I would say that I was very blessed not to need a plan B because I had a plan A and uh, it's been a blessing. Yeah, but having a plan B is what we're all talking about too, though. That's the that's the killer. different. That that was what I would do different. Sean Sean plays Sean Fernando plays on the front foot. You know, if you're talking about soccer, he's a front foot guy. We're we're probably more back foot for our loyalty. I would say I love I love your question because I think it. It was kind of interesting in my, in, you know, from my, my perspective, um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't think I needed a plan B. Um, I had moved, um, three times in six years, um, and had, you know, made an impact. I thought, you know, in, in Miami, we were the changeover Kings, you know, and then went to knoxville and we were 100 million we delivered 100 million where when it was said that knoxville would never do 100 million we de we delivered 100 million like you were going to the store to buy a dozen eggs right and um so you know it was it was it was cool uh during that time frame but you know at the end of the day um the plan b part i think how you recover how you assess, Sean, like Davey said, Sean Fernando, you always have a plan A. And I, and I, and that's why, you know, I love that about you. Um, because I think you do a really great job, Sean Fernando, of making sure your personal and professional life lines are parallel and congruent. You're always, you're always going like that. You're never like that, you know, and I, I respect that about you. And then, you know, Sean Davies, what you said was like, hey, I have a lot to offer. And it is so cool to start engaging in a world outside of what I know to figure out what 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 I want to be. Because for me, the part was, I guess maybe my timing was a little bit different. The part for me was like, there were some great opportunities presented to me by some sponsors and champions that always had my well-being at heart. But there was also this piece that I was really wanting to scratch at was like, I also maybe want to go work for some new leaders and learn some new things and go join an organization that has a different culture than what I've been a part of. And I, I, I think it's just how you, how you marry all that up for yourself. I mean, you'll know. The, the part about maturity is like, yep, you gave it all, you're all, you were loyal. You know what? Things change. Organizations change. Are you the same person you were five years ago? Well, how would you expect the organization to be the same? But to go and like get to work with new people, learn new things, go latch on to another company that has a whole great vision about values and service and stuff like that. Like, and, and Davies and Fernando, I think you all are doing that with, with, with your company. Tony, I think we're early in the burn, but you are really wound up in a great space. Gilberto, you are doing phenomenal things. Same for you, Freddie. Like, I, I, I just think the way all those things come together is, is pretty good. But, but at the end of the day, 
from a maturity standpoint, it would be like, are you more complete? Are you happier? Are you adding, still adding value to society in your current role? Have you expanded your influence? Like at the end of the day, if you can say that after any change, then you're on a great path. And, and, and I think all of us are in that spot. So I think yes, that's that uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Exactly. Right. It doesn't matter where you land at some point. Right. It's just going to all click. It's got to learn the lingo. That's it. Awesome. Let's keep moving. All right. Um, how are you all in your own perspective trying to add value to society? I, uh, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. I almost listened to all of his latest episodes. At one point he said, uh, keep improving on how you interface with society. You know, as I go through those episodes and I listen to them, I, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to put it on my list. How are you, um, how do you keep improving your ability to interface with society and adding value? I can take that one. Um, Go. So, so, so these tools that we've been learning, correct, uh, with different names for the years, um, and I've been hearing, uh, you know, happily when you are saying that you are not considered yourself expert on the TPN tool, correct? Because to me, certainly, you guys in front of a board, you look like a guru of the TPN tools for me, uh, all of you. So, but that being said, that mentality, you know, like the daily practice of those tools, now that I have my kids, like, you know, interacting more and more and more and more outside. So every time that they're pretty much interacting with their friends outside, backyard, front yard, and those guys are coming with problems, correct? Hey, that we were playing with the Nerf gun and stuff are in the tree. Okay. Immediately, all those tools are coming to me, correct? And that's the interaction that I'm bringing between my family, my kids, and the neighborhoods, like the neighborhood itself, like, Okay, how are we going to resolve this out? Are we going to cry out together or are we going to try to find a way to get that out of there? So, and, and now here in this, uh, in the Illinois area specifically here, that there is so much diversity, correct? And it's incredible because to me, that was exactly what I was looking for my family. I think that's something that it, I, it feels really good to pretty much practice and you know, not only provide these kind of uh, advices to my kids, but to all the kids in the in the area here closer to my family. So they can just think or at least start thinking in that way that there are, you know, uh, methodic and analytical ways to resolve problems. I think that's kind of my little uh, grain uh, or my little uh, contribution to how the society should be looking. Not even counting, you know, the normal formalities about, you know, participating in, you know, activities for school, for, for the YNCA, et cetera, et cetera. So that, I guess that's, uh, that's what I think about. Shamwell, get my first Shamwell. Diversity, yeah. culture in your kids, man. It's a good idea. It's awesome. I'll, I'll go. Um, Man, that's that's another tough one, right? But look, I have I have three daughters, um, and and I think about it like, you know, 
my contribution to society outside outside the workplace, right, is, man, guys, look around. Like, it's not the same world we grew up in. And and heaven forbid, when, when I was a kid, you know, 8 a.m. in the morning, right, my parents would tell me, go out and ride your bike to the stink wears off, like, when I was a little kid. And, and as long as I'm home at dinner, nobody cared. In today's society, it's, man, if you can't find one of your kids, like, it, it's an eerie feeling. But then I look at, like, iPads, smartphones, Internet, things I haven't had to deal with when I was a kid because I rode my bike all day. My parents didn't care what I was doing. And it, and and when I think about that, like, how do I raise three great humans and, and teach them life lessons and, and prepare them for when they get older? But so much, like, they're teaching me, and, and I think that has made me a better leader to to understand more about about people and servant leadership and and learning things that hey raise them in the same house same mom same dad those are three different people and you got to manage them very differently and and how do i you know influence them to be successful when they're older and and be good stewards of society awesome so i think i can echo sean and gilberto the opportunity with your kiddos. But then there's one side, uh, I want to get involved in ministry. I think that's, and I want to have an impact there. And I'm struggling right now with it just because uh, Wendy and I just moved into a house. We're still trying to figure out our surroundings, trying to plug into a church. Well, at least and, you got uh, the blinds on. <laughs> we do, yes. <laughs> so that's, that's one piece that uh, I want to get better at. It, it's a goal, and it's something that's going to come uh, down the road. Awesome. Ferdy, you got anything? No, I keep thinking about what Gilberto said, and, and, and I, ha I don't have a lot of more to add, but then, then Davis said the right thing about the kids, you know, and, and, and coming from a you know, different country, uh, in uh, diversity is important for me, obviously, and 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 growing my kids here is 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 being great, but there's some challenges. Now that sometimes happened, other that my my kid, my one of my my oldest came crying about some kids. They're you know, trying to kind of not having fun with him, and and he he felt some pressure about that interaction, and and. And having the kind of capacity to kind of fix that without doing a big deal, uh, I, I I'm humble about how I did. I learn how did he was able to manage that, and and all I did was giving him tools. No, and and he were to talk about a little bit the TPM tools with you know different environments. So I did kind of similar thing about like providing him, provided him with tools so he could fix the problem by itself. And, and, and I'm proud to say that, that he fixed the problem the day after. No, the, the same situation happened and he came back in his on his bike and instead of being crying, he was, he was smiling and happy about him fixing the problem and not me fixing it for, for him. So, so, uh, proud of him. That's another mm -hmm. sham wow moment, I think. Mm -hmm. Because I'm uh, working through the same thing. <laughs> uh, two more questions. We're at 
uh, one hour and 10 minutes, so we're on track. Uh, second to last question is, what does keep pedaling mean to you? So I'll go first because what, that's the, what, that, that phrase came out of my mouth somehow. But uh, um, so what, what that means to me is, is, as I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, what is the word that I said? It's uh, resilience, no? It's, but resilience. Yeah, yeah. resilience. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, the thing that comes out to my, to my mind when I, when I use the phrase is, is are you familiar with the, with the, the Tour de France? Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, the bicycle. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know those bikers, the professional bikers. It's like the World Cup of professional bikers. Now it happens every every year in summer in France. They go around uh, France. Is like I think that is two thousand miles that they need to go after uh, in 25, 21 days. So so it's a big deal, no? And uh, and 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 and, and the imagine that comes to my mind is always. I mean, you 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 ride. Uh, two thousand miles, and and most of that time you have to go up. No, I mean, you you have to, you know you know to get pedal going up in 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 the mountains, and and there's this part of the situation where you are like you know pedaling, or, or those guys are pedaling, and 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 they are feeling the the pain of of, of the big ride that they have, and and. And, and, and the environment that there's summer and the hot and, and, and all that. But I mean, I bet that they, they can, they can tell the view that they have and, 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 you know, they have all these people cheering to them and, and somehow they find the way to kind of get on top of that. And, and, and one day they can ride eight hours and, and they finish this, uh, uh, that, that stage and, and they keep pedaling the day, the, the day after. And, and somehow they, they need to find joy to get on top of that, no? So, so for me, is, is that joy that you find while you are in, in trouble? Is the, the, the positive that you find when you are in a very negative environment? And having the opportunity to get that gives you that resilience that I, that, you know, I talk about in the beginning. That's, that's, that's the key pedaling piece for me. Maybe my synonym for this would be maybe perseverance. That's the word that pretty much is attached to that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point. And I think, um, we heard about keep pedaling. I think, I think when we were all together, were we in Mexico when we heard all about the four minute mile? You remember that yeah. one? Where Roger once the four minute mile was, was done. Do you, do you remember that? The video we saw about the four minute mom. Does anybody yeah, remember dude. that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah, could yeah. break it. Yeah. <laughs> no one had done it. And then once someone did it, maybe 14 people have done it before then. I would say the key pedaling piece, Freddie, that really res you know, resonates with me is the part like, um, you know, whatever the target lines are. They're, they're always just where we're trying to raise the bar. Like we create gaps for us. A lot of times we, we problem solve where there's a gap to a target. But then once we get to the target, we, we raise that bar. And the part about the keep pedaling, you know, that resonates with me is like in what we do, what we chose for our profession, there is no finish line. Like 
there's always a better way. There's always, you know, we are always trying to tell the productivity story. Remember productivity? How do you do more with the same or the same with less? Like, that's the part that we're always, always working to, to build that muscle. And the only way to do that, you as a leader have to keep peddling. But you know what? You need more people on the exercise bikes. And you are always recruiting for that. For that you you, for you that hit the right class. point, Bruno. Yep. And, and, and something that, did, that, that I didn't say is, is that today's mentality, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to maybe generalize, but we have a lot of joy about success. Now everybody gets sharing. I, mean, I have a neighbor that is part of this group to, of YouTubers that they have that they're very successful and, and they make a lot of money about you know they, they're famous because they have trick shots trick shots trick shots did i say it right i mean then they you know they, they they put a ball in a basket 100 yards away and you know they celebrate because they did it and but they didn't they don't show the whole process to actually you know get it right <laughs> and 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 my kids like love that thing, no, and the and and not look like they are not as uh, famous as they used to be four years ago. But at the end of the day, to me, that I mean, there is a lot of celebration about success stories, but there is not a lot about uh, there is not a lot of celebration about the process to get there. No, so, yep. so to me, keep peddling pieces like, how do you find joy in the process to get there? Exactly. Yeah, great point. Great point. Agreed. I, I'd, I'd throw it out there, Tony, right? Keep pedaling for me is, you know, two things. And I don't mean this one in a bad way, but I, I've always taken the approach of, man, don't let the bastards wear you down, right? Because in today's society, it's become okay to quit. And, and that's not me, right? Hey, go home, had a bad day. Don't like the results. Sharpen the saw a little bit. Wake up in the morning like, I'm going to get there an hour early today. Right. Uh, you, you got me yesterday. You're not going to get me today. And then it's it, it's always been, you know, Bruno talks about there's this target we set for ourselves. We hit it and then we adjust the goalpost. Right. We just keep going. You never there's never a finish line. And it's you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you stretch yourself. And, and that's how you grow your team. When you get comfortable, you're really not adding value because you're not you're not pushing yourself or others to be to be better, to be able to do more. That's yeah. what I think about. I, uh, you know, probably always going to ride the same bike, but just choose the right hill, I guess. So, let me add, Tony. It's it's a journey. I echo what Sean said, and I, I think actually I echo what everyone's saying. It's a journey. It's about perspective. Uh, you could allow a battle to weigh you down or you could come out of that battle and you could still have a, a mentality where your glass is always half full. When your glass is always half full, you're always going to, I guess, have better thoughts, better ways of solving problems. You're going to be open to different ideas. And uh, I would also use the word striving for excellence, winning the right way and always multiplying your capacity. If you don't multiply your capacity, uh, literally, you're just going to keep pedaling, not in the right way. 
and multiplying your capacity is about surrounding yourself with uh, folks better than you or making the folks around you better than you. Have you ever, like, have you ever felt like that glass was now half empty? I don't allow myself to get there, Tony. Okay. If I, feel, if I see myself getting there, I stop myself from getting there because uh, I, I guess I'm going to quote what Sean said, don't let the bastards get you. All right. If they get you, your glass is going to be half empty. When your glass is going to be half empty, you are just not going to lead the right way. Sure, well, uh, they they won, right? They won, and yeah, and you yeah. decide who they is. And I'm just sitting here smiling because Freddie and I, and even Sean, we used to laugh like, "Man, I keep pedaling. I just need a bigger bike. How do I get a yeah. bike? Yeah, <laughs> I need a lower gear." But I, 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 do, I do think there's, there's there's a lot of the coaching part, um, like Sean Davies, you, you know, your ability to talk about that stuff in that context. I I think you know there there's a I'll tell you something in the keep pedaling environment. There there's got to be always someone that is framing up the box right framing the big picture talking about what what's in scope what's out of scope and keeping things in perspective it's and the I catcher that's a part that's it's a like part baseball. To you're a baseball fan right bruno did you do a sham no i didn't do a sham wow but it's the, it's the catcher right it's the one framing well, the box it, it, it absolutely they're they're running the whole they're running the whole show you know and and they're Keeping things in perspective, you know, I, I think too many times I see leadership teams go try to fix too many problems, make too many commitments, and, and under-deliver. De and I, th I think the part about, like, we're going to lose a couple of days every now and then, but mm -hmm. how do we make sure that we're winning the, the main effort, the, the battle? And I think that's a part too that you know Sean Davies was talking about, and and everybody else on here too was talking about, like, you know, it's 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 a big picture that you have to always be adjusting, you know. Sure, like, yeah. Oh, thank you. Quick, bro. quick, quick, funny story for this group, and I want to hold you up, Tony. I, I, I we, it came to mind that you talk about, hey, run, 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 and you, you don't get time off, and. I can remember a time where it was right before Easter. Freddie, you'll remember this, that corporate said, hey, you got to run. We need product. And we've been just been running days on end. And it's like, man, it's Easter. And we went and asked for volunteers. We couldn't get people to work. We finally got a single shift. And and I remember making the call. And, and it was like, yeah, we don't have one to work. We're not going to work. And, and, of course, Big Brother's like, I pay you to figure it out. Okay, we'll figure it out. Uh, what happened is that, that second shift had Freddie and I running in the production line. Normally, has seven or eight people. I'm like, you take the front end, I'll take the back end. We're not going to make shit, but I guarantee you, no one's going to say we didn't run. And we we ran what we could. We got a couple thousand cases just because. I mean, it was like, uh, what, what was the old show? I love Lucy taking those Hershey kisses off the line. Oh, you guys are doing well. Speed it up, right? And and I'm running the back and throwing shells and picking up bottles and Freddie's running the front. And it was like, hey, we figured it out. We did not not run. 
just wasn't a good day. <laughs> you know, Sean, yeah. I really love I really love that that example. Um, as I think forward to another plant where we weren't like it was like, uh, can you get volunteers to run on Christmas Day? <laughs> sure, I can do that. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're not a very popular plant manager. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, like full circle. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be popular and make you run Christmas Day. Get right on it. I I used to say, hey, you're not doing anything this weekend. Come down and help us. We'll run. Well, I don't know how to do anything. I said, yeah, five I minutes. We'll, I we'll teach you how to throw shells. We'll teach you. The part that I realized, Sean, years later, um, actually now more than ever. I could have used you when I was in Tennessee, not Florida. Like, dude, you would have been a rock star. So anyway, <laughs> appreciate you, bud. Thanks. All right. I got one more question before I get into that. You know. Hold on. Uh, I think Sean Fernando had something. Go for it. Sean, you're muted. You're on mute. Maybe the battery. You're good. Oh wait, no, can't hear you. Still on mute. How about now? Can you hear me now? There uh, you go. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this is a few years ago, and Tony, this is just—I think when you were heading to Louisville, or maybe just before—it was a big catastrophe in that plant. Sean was there. I think something blew up, and Sean was living out of a hotel, mm. cleaning crap up. And uh, I remember very well, I had sent a picture, I had taken a vacation day. I had some cousins flying from Canada, we were drinking. I took a picture and I sent it to Sean and to Tim, might be Freddie too. Tim's at work, Tim sends, I say, hey, I'm drinking beer, having a good time. Tim responds, well, I'm drinking out of the damn fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sean responds on the text, I guess I. So, so all I remember, I'm in the shit, trying to trying to get this plan up and going because it was all. You remember that time, Sean? The plan was shut down. There was a. It I was, think the RO system it, wasn't working. It, it was. It was the RO system failed. So yeah, God, I know a lot about RO. Well, but at least we, you got an we, LTS. We we had to figure out how to get carbon into the tower before we could start the plant up. We had this crew helping us and their pump failed. Then their hose, their hose collapsed. And we're in this, like the only way to get the carbon in the RO tower was they had this little $10 swimming pool. You buy from Lowe's, you put water in it, you, you water down the carbon, use this vacuum to put it in it. Well, what they said would take two hours. I think I got done at like four in the morning. Yeah. And, and I was just head to toe black soaking wet. And, and I remember this because I'd called the hotel and said, hey, I'm going to be late. Don't give my room away. It was 4.30 in the morning. I walked into the hotel. They said, sir, we don't have a room. I, what do you mean? I called you. Yeah, but you didn't show up. We gave it away. And I said, you know what? There's a couch right there, and I'm going to go lay on it until you find me a room. And, guys, I was just covered. I, I, I looked like I got done with mud wrestling, and I was like, I'm going to lay right there. And you know what? They found me a room because they weren't going to let me lay there as people got out of, the, out of their rooms in the morning were leaving the hotel. And 
somehow I guess I did such a good job all of a sudden now Davies that's your plan it's now in your region and <laughs> and 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 eventually I'm like Tony I, I got an assignment for you it's a good one yep. Tony I, sh- I share that because it's perspective for great. me a beer was great but Tim yeah he was a little pissed off it was hot it was summer it was the fire hose yep. and for Sean he was in your plan and he wasn't getting any damn sleep yep but still a great story. Yeah, it's a great, it's story. a great plant yeah. too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this thing up. So we're at an uh, hour and thirty. Um, so I try to surround myself with good people, the go getters, you know, the, the hard chargers, the keep pedalings. Um, not only on the football field, but you know, on the production floor for you guys. And this is the price of admission. So if you could put your price of admission into a, a, a single sentence, what would that be for you in the bottling canning industry? So the price of admission, the sacrifice, the suffering, the thing you fall back on, the thing that makes you tick, whatever that thing is, like what's your phrase? And for Freddie, I'm going to guess it's keep pedaling, but you can... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely keep pedaling. Now, and at the end of the day, is I mean, as I said, you need to find the try find a way to get joy out of whatever is not joy. No, there, there is no joy there. No, but uh, the price of admission, you have to say, is is, is obviously uh, the, you know, somehow in the meantime that you are trying to understand to focus on what is their their priorities, you lose something, some connection with obviously with family. No, and 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 for me, I mean, at least. I, I I had the opportunity to run facilities where family was not around. No, and it first was in Guadalajara, in Mexico, and then here in in, in Texas, as family was not close, and 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 I have to deal with situations that were not not easy. No, um, um, uh, I'm still fixing situations with my sisters that are mad with me the first time that were here because I was happy to have them. I kind of you know, uh, invite the whole family and the whole family was here, but I was not there with them. I was out in the plan having to fix something, no? And, 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 and when I was in home, my mind was in focusing on the plan again, trying to fix something. So, so, um, still those situations are, are, are in working process, but that, that's the price for me, you know, it's, 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 um, uh, it's not sometimes not easy, but at the end of the day, you need to find a way to to find joy in those moments. Cool, Tony. I, I, I'll go next. For me, uh, for, it's about leadership. If I think about the greatest leader that ever lived and still lives is Jesus Christ, and one of the things that he did it being humble. So for me, the price of admission is being humble staying humble, going back to using some of Sean's words, not allowing the bastards to get you and still keeping a perspective of being humble because uh, you can learn from every situation. And uh, again, for me, leadership is about being humble and being open and listening. there's There's a lot you can learn from that and you can drive from that. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, if if I could add, I, I would say, um, 
it was a full week at my at my day job um a full week like 12 hours a day five days a week or whatever um making making an impact and providing goods and services but for me the the part that i looked the most forward to of this whole week was this time right here and and um to be in the company of the caliber of people that are on this call right now tony you're facilitating which is phenomenal and you know how much i respect you for that but what started as navy football guys talking talking about what it used to be back in the day to now shop floor people talking about sometimes that we share together i think you've come full circle on that but i don't want to i don't want to go long here but i would just say like to me i don't i don't have a lot of friends but when i look at this array of people on this on the screen these are some really close friends of mine that we've shared experiences life's lessons you know you can never grow tired of sean's raising three girls you know freddie's sharing about the career change sean's talking about how he was going on the front end you know tony you know your last couple months recalibrating doubling down on certain things like I couldn't be more blessed than to call each of you a very close friend. People that I would spend a Friday night with. Um, and I looked forward to it all week. I, actually, I looked forward to it for a month. Like, I can't thank you all enough for who you are, what you mean to me. Like, to me, that I'm growing when I realize how much you all mean to me and I just want to make sure it didn't go unsaid. All yours, Sean. Well, Hold on. Well, I have to good. echo and shamble that one. Yeah, shamble. Yeah. Good circle, hey. right, Bruno? Thanks. It's well, well said, Bruno. A tough act to follow, right? And yeah. so earlier in the week, I texted Tony, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make this. I kind of forgot my in-laws were coming into town. There's a Friday night football game, and, and some of my kids want to go, and I had to, had to negotiate with my wife a little bit. And, probably outside there tapping her toe it's time to go here soon but look if i tried to sum it up one sentence that's really hard tony just letting you know um but hey high level you know, keep it high level boss my price of admission right it's man it, to hear every one of you guys talking and, and and the feedback you gave me very much appreciate it like you don't hear that often and and i know like Look, I was a tough dude to work for, uh, but but my goal has always been how do I be an exporter of talent and and help people reach their goals and reach their abilities they don't even may not even know that they have yet. That's what's always pushed me, and 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 I'll tell you that's what that's what brings joy in my career to to help people grow. And where I'm at now, I, I have a, a a mixed bag of talent and. And just putting my time into them and, and helping them achieve something bigger than themselves, that that's the price of a mission for me. And 
and that's what gets me out of bed in the morning and, and i'm really having a enjoying where i'm at awesome man what about uh, you tony that there tony. what about you buddy your turn yeah it's your turn tony my turn uh what is your price of admission it's beautiful kind of what freddie talked about like finding the joy in the in the journey um it's a beautiful thing you know it sucks a lot of times it's awesome a lot of times uh but those sucky times is what makes it beautiful because uh it's a a roller coaster ride i found a uh i was scrolling through linkedin the other day and i saw a uh like roller coaster ride type of track versus a a straight narrow track going downhill and um two like you know when you go to the arcade and you play ski ball two balls dropped at the same time and that roller coaster meets the finish line way before the one that's the straight narrow path so i thought that was a good um analogy i guess so um it's beautiful hey, hey tony so real quick like you know even johnny carson had a guest host every now and then what do you uh you know what do you think of man who interviews you one day and really finds out who tony haber is and what shape tony and you know hey i'm in good shape what are you talking about <laughs> but even johnny carson had a guest host man like come on hey, like where are you leaving? you're not giving it up yet time will tell we'll see what happens all right got it well guys i really appreciate your time tonight we're at an hour and 36 minutes so um you know sorry, the goal was that, sorry. originally an hour but you know they always kind of go a little bit longer than what i think uh this is a great cast appreciate your time tonight and obviously and thankfully um say thank you to your wives tonight for your time and uh have a good night joint in 2001 was a killer force those guys were burglar they were awesome We were getting just a little too loud for this wine and cheese crowd. They stare like we were from outer space. Don't care, spitting all over our face. Now we're on a mission. We don't need permission. We're here for easy fun. Skip the BS and put everybody at the BS. P.S. All I spit is F-A-C-T-S. Be less, skip, be less, yes, say less. Top of the top impacts.
By believing in you Lost my way Took a wrong road Ooh. 